Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia, and I have an awesome guest today. This is episode 28, and we are going to actually talk about something that if you're a parent and you're listening to this right now, um, yeah, you're going to relate. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> my guest today is Melanie, and I know she relates. Uh, Melanie, why don't you tell everybody like who you are, what you do, what you specialize in, all that good stuff. My name is Melanie. I blog at Mostly Under Control. Um, you can find me mostly. You can find me mostly on um, Instagram right now. I also run a meal planning group on Facebook that is so um, simply called Melanie's Meal Planning Help. <laughs> um, we. It's a lot more than just meal planning. It's a lot of like um, sharing recipes and just kind of talking about. Uh, it's a lot of parents. And so we talk a lot about tips on um, getting our kids to sit at the table, getting our kids to eat. Um, what should we be expecting of our kids? Um, my blog is a lot. It's realistic parenting. I love that. Um, and she also, you also have an Etsy, Etsy, I can't even talk, Etsy shop, right? Yes, I do. So I have an Etsy shop that has um, some printables and notebooks to kind of help moms feel a little bit um, mostly under control um, in life. Uh, I do meal planners and then I also have like a general um, weekly slash monthly planner. Awesome. And her planner is awesome. If you, I, I talk a lot about meal systems. Um, those of you that know me know this. And one of my main things I talk about is that meal systems look different for everybody. And like some people like to have their stuff on their phone and some people like to have you know their stuff on the wall and if you're a person that likes it um like paper and pencil melanie has an awesome little notebook that is perfect for that because it's all paper and pencil there's tear out pieces parts to it with the list so if you're a paper pencil person make sure you click on the link in the show notes so you can um check it out but today we're going to talk about uh, picky eaters, which, um, as I said, if you're a parent, uh, you have 99.9% .9 of the time, I think, come across one of your kids being a picky eater. And I don't know, I don't think even the best of eaters, in my opinion, have like picky moments, right? Like, I don't, no. I don't know of any kid. I, my oldest is literally a garbage disposal. He'll eat and try absolutely anything. But there's totally been times when even he has like picky moments. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I know, Melanie, you've, you've had a few picky eaters. So I, in total, I have four kids. My kids are eight, five, and then I have two-year-old twins. Um, so we're in a very interesting um, part of life and parenthood right now with all the different ages of our kids. Um, I, I, I understand the idea behind the phrase of picky eaters, but sometimes when I hear it, like I just cringe because I'm like, there's, there's no definition. Like it's, it's an arbitrary term. So hundred percent. Yeah. So my oldest loves shrimp. I don't really know that you can find a lot of kids out there that like shrimp. So I do, I call him picky because a lot of dinners we go through, he will not try. So I guess by definition, he's picky. I don't know, but he loves shrimp. So 
you know, kid-friendly meals and like picky eater meals. Like anytime anyone asks for those in my group, I'm always like, you're going to have to be a little more specific on what your guidelines are for picky and kid-friendly because I like, oh, I make jokes that like when I see someone say kid-friendly, I just picture like a piece of pizza saying, hi kid, like, cause he's friendly. I just, it doesn't, I don't know. And admittedly, I, you know, a year ago or two years ago or whatever, that was me. I was like, God, my kids are so picky and they won't eat anything. But, you know, once I start, as my kids get older, like, I think we as parents, and I say this with a lot of parenting things, we need to change our expectations rather than focus our energy on getting them to try two bites or, um, you know, getting them to try something new. Our mealtime is, well, this is what I try to do. There are definitely nights when I'm just like super stressed out and I'm like, why won't you just eat? But yes. we try to just make mealtimes. We try to just make mealtimes be like, this is a time when the six of us are all around the table and we're going to talk about our day. And also if you're hungry, here's dinner. Totally. And you're so right about the term picky eater. And I use that just so for like general reference so people know what we're talking about, but there really is yep. no def definition. Like if you look it up, it specifically says there is no definition because really what is picky? I mean, we're all picky in one sense. Like there's, I don't know of anybody that eats absolutely anything and everything. I mean, I no. love, I love a ton of like quote unquote healthy stuff. But if you try to put a beat near me, like even like five feet near me, I will drop kick you. Like do not put beets. Don't bring them in my house. Don't like, I don't want to smell them. I don't want to touch them. Gross. Like I hate beets. Like I don't despise. like them either. Oh, I think they're so gross. They taste and like dirt. A hundred percent. I think they taste like pennies actually. Like metallic. <laughs> like I seriously, and people have said, oh, you just haven't had them right. I'm like, nope, nope. Uh-uh. I've tried them. I've given those freaking things a chance and I, I broke up with them a long time ago. Like I'm done. Yeah. They taste like no. dirt. I can't do it. No, no. And they're gross. And so I don't like that. I also don't really love eggplant. Like, I guess I like fried eggplant, but I mean, really you, I, I mean like fried anything is probably good, but like eggplant, yeah. the, the texture of it is like, I will eat it in certain things, but I don't make it very often because I, I don't like the texture. You know, so like, you're right. Like, pick, what does picky mean? I mean, really, what is picky? Like, I don't know. And my middle one's like your oldest. My middle one loves soup of all things. Like, loves soup. My kids hate it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> my other two don't love it. So is he picky? My young, youngest one won't freaking eat pasta. But he will what? down, yeah, he will down a salad with cucumbers and ranch. I'm like, what kind of child are you? You know, like, so that's the thing. Like, is he picky? Cause he won't eat pasta, but then he eats salad, cucumbers and ranch. Like it's like going out of style. Yeah. It, every time someone asks it in the group, I mean, it happens probably once every two weeks. And some of the people that have been in the group for a while will come in and they'll be like, Oh, Melanie doesn't like this word. And I'm like, well, I'm not attacking you about this word. I just need a little more clarification on what your definition is picky. So we can kind of work with that. Like, does your kid like chicken? Does your kid like vegetables? Does you like, what does your kid like? And we will yeah. give you some ideas. Do they like casseroles? Do they like things separate? Like, these are the types of things we need to know so that we can help you. 
Well, and don't you think too, like my other issue too is we have food that's labeled as quote unquote kid food. Mm -hmm. And you go to a restaurant and like on the kid menu, there's the same shit on every kid menu. And then you have my five-year-old who doesn't eat any of that and wants the grilled salmon. And I'm paying an adult price for an adult size salmon. Like, why can't they have Mm -hmm. like a kid version of that? Like at least one option. Or like offer a half a plate. Right. But I'm like every, there's certain kid food. Well, well, geez, I like grilled cheese. Why is that just a kid meal? You know, and like, I can't order yeah. it. I'm not under 11 years old. I was, I was making dinner the other night and I had a roll of crescent dough and it literally said, like, I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, it literally had like a ribbon on it that said picky eater approved. And I'm like, I, what, like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what does this mean? That's so funny. That makes me, that reminds me of the marketing they use for like healthy food, like healthy Mm -hmm. or gluten-free or whatever, those buzzwords that make people buy things. It's really what it is. You know, they make you buy it because, you know. It's funny you say that because years ago when like gluten-free was becoming like popular, my parents were at the grocery store and, um, they were looking for something and my sister was gluten-free for health reasons. And they were picking something for a recipe and my stepdad went to go grab something off the shelf and he's like, Oh, look, this is gluten-free. And my mom's like, that has been a gluten-free food from day one. They just literally wrote gluten-free on it. So people would be like, Hey, look, this is gluten-free. Let's buy this brand when it has, I don't remember what it was, but it has been a gluten-free food from the beginning of time. Right. It's probably like potatoes or something like, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, and that's kind of what I feel like, you know, that's just marketing, you know, and part of like mm-hmm. what we have to do as parents is like dig through the marketing. And really, that's why I tell pe- people because, you know, I, I'm in the niche of like plant based, healthier type meals. And when people come to me about things, I'm like, and even my own husband, okay, forget other people. My husband will go to the grocery store sometimes and, and come home and be like, look, I bought this. It's super healthy. And I'm like, did you turn it around and look at the ingredients? Because you just paid extra money because of the word healthy on it. Like it's, it's such a marketing ploy. I'm like, you can look at the cheap brands that don't use the marketing and just look at their ingredients. And so many of the times their ingredients are like simpler than all the stuff that's marketing you to buy it. So, oh, it drives me crazy. The marketing thing drives me nuts. Like it literally really does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that sounds like a whole episode you need oh that is true that is a whole episode I need why the (laughs) market why the marketing tactics make me scream I swear even in my even my own husband I'm like do you live under a rock you're married to me like haven't I taught you this already I know (laughs) um but back to like picky eaters I was just telling Melanie before we got on here that we're recording this at night just because of both of our crazy schedules and my husband's downstairs dealing with dinner and as a food blogger, I photograph recipes. I photographed yesterday and we eat what I photograph because number one, I'm not going to waste the food. And number two, I'm not cooking again when I had to cook and photograph the night before. So the stuff I photographed are, let's just say not my kids' favorites. One of them is my husband's absolute favorite. The other one is a veggie based chili. And I have my oldest one who's like, I'll eat the chili. And my other two that are literally 
rolling around on the ground because their options for dinner are chili or stuffed cabbage, which is my husband's like favorite childhood food. And they're both pretty good, but they ate the third option for lunch and they want that again. And I'm like, well, you ate it. I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's no more. <laughs> so I have two picky eaters right now. Um, and sometimes I feel like my kids make a stink just to piss me off. But let's go back to what you were saying about expectations. Because we know that they don't do it just to piss us off. I mean, maybe right. sometimes. But why do you think kids are like picky? What are the reasons that you kind of like when you look at your kids expectation wise, like developmentally or whatever, like where should we change our mindset when it comes to like fighting with our kids about this? I personally feel like it is a lot to ask of a kid to first of all, try something new, because I think that that is one of the biggest issues is my, it, so we, we always have, we don't make them try it, but we're like, we'll encourage them to try it. Like, Hey, this has X, Y, Z in it. And you really like X, Y, Z, give it a chance. Here it is. Um, I think that this is a hard one. I I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort it out in my head first. So I think that it is asking a lot for a kid to try something new because it's just not, it, they're afraid of it. I think they're afraid of it. And, um, I actually was taught you our mutual friend, Morgan, I was talking to her about this today about like, um, you know, when kids are babies and they try like spinach or something is bitter, they don't know in their head that like, this is good for you and it's edible. Like if they're going to eat something and they don't like the taste of it, they're automatically going to think like, well, this shit isn't edible. I'm never eating this again. Totally. And they're going to look at it and they're just never going to try it again. And I think that as kids get older, that will start to go away and they will start to realize like, okay, so I did try something new once. So maybe if I try something new again, it will happen. Um, I also sometimes to foster that a little bit, I will cook things differently for them. Like if they do try something like, for example, tonight we did like Chinese food at home and, um, I love pot stickers and so does my husband. Uh, but my kids are not huge fans. So tonight I made them in the air fryer and my eight-year-old was like, Oh, I don't like Chinese food. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, let me tell you about this one. I cooked it differently. Um, you know, I cooked the rice differently. This is a different kind of orange chicken. Like I did it all different this time. So, you know, I think you should give it a chance. He gave it a chance, still didn't like it, had some watermelon, we moved on. Well, and don't you think too that like one of my biggest things is that we as adults, we have preferences, okay? We, I don't like beef. Exactly. That's my preference. I also believe that kids have preferences and yep. they, do, they do say it takes like 20 something times for a kid to try something before they can decide if they like it or not, which is fine. Yep. And I totally get that. But at the same time, like if a kid keeps saying, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, we expect them to respect us as adults. We also need to respect them as kids, you know, yep. like they should but have those are their likes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And, like, um, I, I, I usually say this, like with a lot of parenting things is like, put yourself in their shoes, you know? let's say you're sitting in front of a plate of food that you're pretty sure you don't like. And someone is like, well, eat it. Well, I don't want to eat this. Like I've already decided 
And that's the other thing is kids will come to it with preconceived notions. They've already decided that they don't like it because it has X, Y, Z, or because they've seen this before. Um, my eight-year-old is trying to tell my five-year-old that broccoli is poison. So anytime <laughs> we serve broccoli, she's like, but Dylan says it's poison. And she'll listen to anything that kid tells her. And I'm like, it is not poison. We have to stop telling our siblings that vegetables are poison because I think he just genuinely thinks I'll stop cooking it, but I'm not going to, I'm going to cook again and I'm going to do it with butter or I'm going to do it with a cheese sauce, or I'm going to do it with a different seasoning on it. I'm going to keep trying, even though you are telling your five-year-old sister that it's poison. Well, and us too, like in our family, I do respect like my middle one he does not like red peppers which I actually don't love love peppers either I mean I'll eat them in like fajitas in certain ways but he also doesn't like fresh tomatoes and he just doesn't like them and I have to like respect that and the other thing I tell him though is that totally get it you know you don't like certain things like my husband doesn't love Asian food either but sometimes when other people in our family like it we make it and it is what it is because for us, yeah. when we, when we decide what we're going to make for the week, I get my, give my kids a choice to each pick something. So I say, well, we're making what you like and everyone else is, you know, eating it. I'm not expecting you to eat like eight helpings, but this is dinner and you can pick out the tomatoes or pick them out and totally fine. I don't really care. Um, and it is what it is, you know, like we have to also in a big family, like, you know, we're not always going to get our favorite meal every single time. It just, that is life. Just like you're not always going to play your favorite game or just like you're not always going to get to watch your favorite movie. Like it's it all, I think that people put so much stress on meals that they forget that it's pretty much the same as anything else that you guys are doing. It's just eating is a necessity, which is also why I don't believe in like, doing desserts and rewarding them because like, do you reward them for breathing? Right. No. Do you reward them for sleeping? Well, you might reward them for sleeping in their own bed, but like we just, people forget they put so much stress on food and barring any psychological or underlying issues, kids are going to eat when they're hungry. Oh, hundred percent. And my doctor says that all the time. Like they're not going to start this. No. And we give them like, we typically will do a fruit at dinner also because my kids love fruit. Like tonight they had frozen mango and some watermelon. So I know that they're getting something and then everybody gets a snack before bed. Cause we eat dinner very early. We eat dinner at like five or five 30 and then everybody gets a snack around seven. So yeah, maybe they're filling up at the snack, but we we're still focusing on because you know, a lot of times I think sometimes kids just aren't hungry at dinner time. They're just not hungry. Well, and I personally, so part of my brand and what I talk a lot about is, is food relationships and honoring your intuitive, um, think your, your intuitive, your intuition when it comes to food. And I think that when we force our kids or force ourselves really to eat just because it's quote unquote dinner time, like, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's healthy mentally. I don't think it's honoring, like listening to your body. And if your kid is saying, I'm not hungry you have to kind of honor that because if you don't and you're forcing them, you're teaching them not to listen to their hunger cues, not to listen to like what their body's telling them. Now, it's one thing if your kid is the kid that's 
running around playing and says I'm not hungry, but really is hungry. Like that's a whole nother issue, but it's true. Like I totally agree with you. Like I don't, I'm so big on not forcing my kids to eat, but at the same time, like if we're sitting down at dinner and they're not hungry, they're still sitting at the table and we're still talking about our day and whatever. And then they're not going to the candy jar and grabbing a candy after dinner, like their brother or sister that was hungry and ate and felt like something sweet. Cause I'm like, dude, you weren't hungry. Like if you're hungry, eat dinner or eat something like a piece of fruit or something else, but you're not eating candy. You're not honoring your body. If you're eating candy and you're saying you're not hungry, like you have, it's such a, I think we've had that argument before. Yeah. It's a fine line argument before too. It's like, Yes. They'll go without eating dinner and then they'll be like, well, can I have a cookie? And I'm like, well, no, because if you're hungry, then you can eat that meal that's sitting at the table because that's what's for dinner. Um, My two-year-olds are just, honest to God, I'm not kidding. Our dinners probably last seven to nine minutes every night because no one, like they just, they, and, and that's what's expected. I feel like it's the way that I have been taught is one minute per year of age, they should be expected to sit. And so, I mean, that gives us two minutes tops for the twins right there. So I will do like a two minute timer in my head. And for that two minutes, I am redirecting them and putting them back to the table. But then after that two minutes, I'm like, okay, you can sit here and eat, or you can go sit in the living room and play with trains, which is like right next to our dining room. And nine times out of 10, they choose to sit at the table because they don't want to go in the dining. They don't want to go in the living room by themselves. They want to stay at the table with everybody else. Um, and my older two, they do not sit. Like one of them stands in the chair and the other one like jumps around like a jumping bean. But again, I don't care because we're all in the same area. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, I have a, my educational background, my first seven years teaching was special education. And so I have like a different perspective of, I, I don't think a, a kid really when they're learning or eating or whatever, like a certain age, like it's, it's fine. Who cares if they're still eating and still like within it. Why do you care? Like I was the teacher that like the kid was standing while they worked. And I'm like, I didn't give a shit if he was standing, like he's writing his sentences. What as do I care if he's getting it done? Yeah. Right. I don't care if they're like, want to go and work on the back wall. Like it doesn't matter to me. I gave them a direction, you know, like it's one thing if they're being disruptive, but it's, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, like, you know, it doesn't matter. The only we have, my oldest is turning 10 next week. And my issue with him is that he'll grab his plate and he'll start eating as he's walking and he's like dropping food. And I'm like, no, grab your plate, take it to the table and then start eating. Like I'm not, this isn't a Hansel and Gretel where you're dropping breadcrumbs like to the table. Your brothers can figure out what the table is. Like, <laughs> it's like my biggest pet peeve. I'm like, no. Um, But like, so going back to, you know, whatever picky kids or whatever, um, and what you were talking about, the the whole like freaking out about eating. Don't you think part of that too is kind of like a power struggle between like parent and child? Like you told a kid to do something, they're not doing it. And then all of a sudden it's like this power struggle that starts and it becomes really not about the food and it becomes about who's in charge, right? I think that's exactly... I think that's a large part of the problem with mealtime battles is I think parenting in general should not be built around power struggles. I think a lot of it has to do with us changing our expectations. I think 
35, 40 years ago when we were kids, the parenting was you listen to me, you don't ask questions, and then we move on. And I think that there's been so much more research and everything that's been done since then. Um, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but like we need to break the cycle. We need to take all of that new research and all of those new findings and approach it from more of a child development angle is kind of how I do it. And I do, I think that it, it ends up because that's about a year or so ago. I finally was just like, I cannot keep doing this anymore. Our meals are miserable. My kids are fighting. I'm making them be part of the clean plate club. I'm making them take two bites. And I was, I completely revamped my entire approach to it because I dreaded mealtimes. I hated it and I didn't want to do it anymore. And growing up, I never had family dinners because my mom worked retail and she worked like, you know, 60 hour weeks. So mealtimes just were not a thing. And I vowed to always have meal, like family mealtimes and they were just miserable. And so I finally just told my husband, like, we just have to approach this. We just have to approach this differently. And I don't want mealtimes to be a power struggle anymore. So we're just going to hand them the plate. And then we're just going to have a conversation about our day. And if they're hungry, they can take a bite. Well, I talked um, to, this was uh, in my membership group, like last year, I had a uh, interview with this uh, pediatrician and she like, Mm -hmm. she was talked a lot about, she's plant-based and uh, works with a lot of families to get more, you know, plants into their kid's diet. And one thing that she was very passionate about was exactly what you said about meals cannot be associated with emotion. The minute you bring emotion mm-hmm. into a meal, it becomes your, first of all, they're attaching that emotion to the food, which creates a whole slew of problems when they're older, especially in girls with eating disorders and all that kind of stuff, because food is not an, yep. food is not an emotion. Like food is food. It's meant to nourish your body. You're meant to enjoy it but it is not an emotional thing. And when we talk about emotional eating, a lot of people with emotional eating issues, it goes back to their childhood. And there's a connection, Mm -hmm. like your brain connects, like scientifically speaking, when if you're at a family dinner and every single time your family has dinner, your parents are arguing, your brain is attaching arguing and anger to food. And so this pediatrician actually even said that, you shouldn't even make a big deal when your kid tries something. She said there should be no emotion attached to the food, whether good or bad. So like when your kid tries something, you just just move on. Like you don't really celebrate. Oh, yay, Johnny took a bite. We're so excited for you. She's like, that's actually yep. just as bad as making your kid eat. Mm-hmm. And that meals should just be presented. And she's big on like, yeah, like you said, throw the fruit, throw the cookie, put it all there. And teaching your kids like how to learn themselves, like what to eat, how to eat it. And like you said, eventually a kid is going to nourish themselves. Like we, that is our problem is that we have trained and have raised our kids to like be forced to do things. And we've lost that intuition of eating. Well, you know, and people in the meal planning group, like I will post our dinners and I'll be like, you know, my eight-year-old didn't touch it. My five-year-old ate this and the twins did whatever. And people are always asking like, what do you do when your kids don't eat? And I was like, nothing. I mean, they all get a snack at seven and it never feels someone is always like, oh, my kids would never do that. They would hold out until snack. Who cares? They're eating. Yeah. 
Like just, and you know just give and, them and you know better what? snack options. Well, and also I beg to differ. I guarantee that if you let it go, eventually your kids are going to start eating at dinner because yeah, totally. they want, they, they mm-hmm. want to be part of the family, you know, kids yeah. like they crave that attachment in that family. Like kids actually crave that. And by making family times, miser- meal times miserable, you're actually hurting your family bonding. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you know, they really shouldn't be. And, you know, the other thing this pediatrician said is that we, kids job is to learn to control themselves and the world, right? So as kids, if you think about it, when it comes to food, they don't typically get a choice of when to eat, how much to eat, what they're eating, how to eat it, where they get to eat it. All these decisions are made for them as parents. The only thing that they can control is physically putting that piece of food in their mouth because you cannot force them. So when you are continuing to force them into all these, you know, like things that they can't control, their job is to control. So they're going to choose to control something. They have to have control of something. Yes. And think about us, especially, you know, right now as we're, you know, recording this, we're still in this like pandemic situation and so much has been taken away control wise. And as Mm -hmm. adults, we have gone crazy. Like, let's be real. Like, this is what a child feels like. So my daughter um, has been going to therapy for about a year. She, when the twins came, it just like completely rocked her world. So she's been in therapy and now we're actually, she's seeing a psychiatrist as well. And the psychiatrist told me that um, there are two things that kids can control. And when they're feeling out of control, usually they're the two things that they will end up controlling is eating and going to the bathroom because there are two things that we cannot force on them. And that are the, that's the two things that we struggle with, with her is eating and going to the bathroom. And it, I mean, it's like, think about it. What else, what else can they control during their day? Nothing They're You're as a parent, you're making every decision for them. Um, and so I think that as parents, we like, it is so hard and I know it's extremely hard for me. And it always was you have to give up control on some of these things. And if they're going to hold out and only eat snack, who cares? They're eating. We give our kids multivitamins and then we just call it a day. Like if they're going to eat at 7 PM for their snack, I, I just, I give them better snack options. Well, and honestly, what my pediatrician always says is a child is not going to starve themselves. And even like she says, I have kids that go through periods that eat nothing but pretzels. Somehow they continue to grow. It is not common in our first world country for our kids to have like deficiency of like when it comes to nutrients. You know, those are Mm -hmm. things that you see in third world countries and barring any medical condition, whatever. Okay, I'm talking about the general population. And she's just like, kids are gonna get what they need. They just are. Mm-hmm. And they're going to grow out of the stage and then they're going to get into a better stage. And then, you know what, they might go back to that shitty stage again. Like they change all the time and the less, and it's actually really hard. My husband still struggles with it. And he's, he doesn't like, he's, he's doing better, but like, he was the one that really struggled with like the five-year-old, you know, and our middle child went through it too, where they don't eat or they literally eat so slow. And it's like, if they don't eat, he's just like, you got to eat your food. You're not going to grow. And I'm like, 
yeah, you are. You don't need to eat, you know, like. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. And what's interesting is even my five-year-old, when he was like three and four and didn't eat, I was like, all right, cool. Hey, well, dinner's over. We're going to go to bed in like a little bit. So let's go brush your teeth. And he'll go to bed. And then he wakes up starving. And we talk about, well, why do you think you're so hungry? Mm-hmm. You know, and we talk about, well, you're hungry because you didn't eat dinner. Of course you're hungry. I'd be starving too if I didn't eat dinner. And so they start making those connections. Like they start feeling that uncomfortable feeling of hunger and realizing like- They oh, start listening to their body. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what do you what do you do then? So like, what are your tips to make our like meal times easier? Like, what do you, um, what are some tips that you use? And um, you tell me yours and then I can share like a few of mine too. Um, lower your expectations. And so, okay, so let me give you something more tangible. I serve very small portions to my kids because in my experience, they are less overwhelmed if I literally give them a scoop full of rice and like sometimes I will split one chicken breast between the four of them. And even that sometimes is too much. Um, One pork chop for the four of them or whatever. Um, small amounts. Um, we do not require them to sit during meals. Like my twins actually don't even have chairs. They stand in like the learning towers. Like about, I found some plastic ones that I can literally just hose down outside. Um, well not soon cause I'm in Chicago and I'm sure it's going to be below <laughs> zero in like three days. Um, but they, so they stand, my five-year-old daughter just started sitting in her chair and she sits in it sideways. It used to drive me absolutely crazy, but at least she's there. Um, and right. then my eight-year-old is like a jumping bean. I can't even look at him. Like I have to eat like this. Cause he's just like constantly bouncing all around. I don't know where he gets all of his energy. He siphons it from me. Um, So small portions, lower your expectations, don't require them to sit. Kids are not wired to sit. Um, Have conversations, truly. There there is a blog, uh, typically simple. Her name is Kelly. She's actually the one that got me into blogging. She has on her site um, conversation starters for dinner. So it's like, would you rather questions? my two-year-olds are a little small for that, uh, but my older kids, those are fun because you can have conversations, which keeps them at the table. Even if, again, like you said, even if they're not eating, they got to stay at the table so we can have some family conversations. And totally. also I give them something that I know they will eat. So like tonight we had fruit. Totally. And I love the conversation thing. Actually, it's funny you say that because my third, my fourth grader who was in third grade last year, um, my now third grader has the same teacher, but one of their, their uh, holiday family gift, they call it the holiday jam jar. And it's actually Mm -hmm. a class gift where every single kid puts down two to three ideas of conversation starters. And then she makes copies and they cut them and put them in this jar they've decorated and you keep it at the table and it's a conversation jar. And it's like, Oh my God. It has been my favorite gift I've ever gotten from a teacher. Cause I'm like, that is so, that awesome. is adorable. It's, it's so usable. Yeah. And it comes from their whole class. And then how excited it, does your kid get when he pulls his conversation starter? It's so fun. Um, 
So that the conversation is awesome. such a good one. I love the conversation idea because not only it does it like bond you as a family, but like you said, it keeps them at the table because there's something interesting for them to do. I can't like, and I, I'm not judging by any means. However, when I go, when we go out to dinner and the, I'm talking the entire meal, I'm not talking like at the end of the meal where you just want to enjoy some peace and quiet with your husband. I'm talking the entire meal when I see every single human at a table on their device, as they eat the entire meal, I'm like, that is so sad. Yeah, we don't like, take our I, devices. Well, I mean, we haven't been out to eat with the kids since January, but we yeah. don't take our devices out to meals. They stay at home. Well, it just sad because I'm like, this must be what they're like at home too, because there's no way like they you know, mm-hmm. they talk at home. I just, it's sad for me. So the conversation one, that's a really good one to stress because it really doesn't have anything to do with food, but it's so helpful. And it takes the focus off of the food. I know that it sounds counterintuitive, but I really think that, again, breaking the cycle, I think that us, we need to start taking the focus off of the food and taking off the obsession of we have to sit down and have these three meals and two snacks. And it if, if you're hungry, eat. Right. No, and I agree with you. I definitely think the focus off. Um, some of the th- things that like I do with my kids too is, uh, n- not so much right now because I, I Instacart, I don't go to the grocery store super often, but before is I would, um, let my kids come with me and pick something new to try, um, every day. Cause they mm-hmm. like, it's like their choice. Now we sit around when we talk about what's going to be on the menu for the week. Like I let each of them pick something that I know that they like. So I know that like, Hey, yeah, dinner tonight's not your favorite, but tomorrow I'm making the tacos that you wanted. So, you know, they're like, you know, they have something. Um, if I have patience for the day, I sometimes help them, like, let them help me prepare the meals. I'm not going to lie. I don't do that every day. I wish I was Mary Poppins and had all the patience in the world, but the reality is I just don't. So that's a good one though. It's like when they help make something, it does give them some ownership and some control over it. So they are more likely to like try it. They don't always, I mean, I've had my kids help make something and they're like, nope not happening. And I was like, all right, well, at least you helped made it. Um, he gave it the old college try. <laughs> totally. Um, I do also, like you said, I also, I always make sure, even if it's not their favorite meal, I do always try and make sure that there's something at the table that they like, even if it's a small mm-hmm. side, like you said, like apples or, you know, carrots or whatever it is. Like, I don't really care. Um, and I, I like to give choices. You know, we do a lot of what's, what I call component meals where I, you know, do like, I cook like a big thing of beans, a big thing of rice and prep some veggies. And then we use them in all different ways to make meals through the week. So I do give them choices. Like if we're doing burritos, I'm like, all right, you know, what do you want? And like one kid will be like rice, beans, avocado. That's it. Another kid will be like, no rice, all beans, salsa, and a little bit of avocado. The other kid will be like, my, my little ones, like I want salad, which is really lettuce. He calls all lettuce salad. I want salad and cucumbers. I'm like, <laughs> dude, where, where, what else are you going to have in there? Like, do you want beans or do you want, so giving them choices, I think really helps. Um, and also like talking about the food, like when we're, when we're making, like my kids will say, well, what are you making for dinner? Like talking about it in like a, in like a, in a less emotional way, in a more scientific way, like, oh, hey, did you know sweet potatoes help you blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, so taking the emotion out of it and being just kind of more matter of fact of like, 
what things do. And like, we talked about like carrots, like it's really good for your eyes. My kids are like, really? I'm like, yeah, there's stuff in it that, you know, it's good for your eyes and stuff. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And it kind of gets them interested, you know, in the food and in a very non-emotional way. Um, and I, the other my thing kids, is. My kids eat Brussels sprouts because um, they make you fart. You know what? Whatever works, <laughs> whatever works, seriously, whatever works, as far as I'm concerned, whatever works. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I also make one meal for the entire family and not yeah. everybody eats all of that meal, but mm -hmm. they, they might eat components of it. But I don't do this whole, like, I'm going to take out and make this for the kids. And then I'm going to make this for the adults every night. I just yeah. not, I, I can't do that. It's just I can't either. I will sometimes deconstruct. Like we have this, yes. um, we have this meal. It's uh, bacon, apple, grilled cheese. It is so good. But my kids don't like the bacon and the apple in the grilled cheese, which is fair. So I will make them a plain grilled cheese and I will put the bacon and the apple on the side. And, and every I, time I make it, I'll ask them, do you want me to put it on? And every time they sell, tell me no, but I continue to ask them and then they get it deconstructed and they eat it. They love it. And you know what? That is another great one that, yes, it doesn't just because it doesn't all have to look the same. You know, we're all mm -hmm. eating the same thing, but it doesn't have to look the same. And I think that's totally fine. I don't think that's a big deal. Like they're eating something who cares, you know, and, or like, like I said, with like our burritos, like my husband and I, I mean, I love hot sauce and I love, you know, certain things in my burritos that my kids don't. It's like, it doesn't matter. We're all eating burritos. It all looks different the inside, but we're all still, you know, eating the same thing. Um, do you have any go-to meals that you think I, I'm not going to use the word kid friendly, but more like ideas for kids that might be pickier. Like, like I know for me, what my kids are in their picky stage, they like more simple stuff, like without a lot of like mm -hmm. too many spices and seasonings. Like they want their pasta plain. They don't want the sauces. Um, so we always do that on the side. So like any tips, ideas like that, that people could like go like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I, my meals are not vegan, so you may have to alter them a little bit. Um, uh, but we, my kids love quesadillas and sometimes I am able to throw a protein in there, like, um, a slice of ham or something they'll take on the inside of their quesadillas. Uh, I also have this recipe that I use, um, which again is not vegan, but I'm sure you could find ways to work around it. We do, it's called, we do like a buttered noodles. It's kind of like a spin on pasta carbonara. It's just elbows, some cracked eggs, and then you just let it go over the heat until the eggs cook. And then we add butter and Parmesan cheese. My kids go crazy for it. They love it. And the eggs give it some extra protein. Awesome. Um, well, and the grilled cheese sandwiches, they love too. Um, do you guys do any other variations of your grilled cheese? Cause like, I love a good like variation, like a panini. And that's another thing that like, I let the kids pick what they want inside. Um, do you have any other ones that your kids actually like, like with, or do they like the plain grilled cheese and then things on the side? They just like plain grilled cheese. They won't, sometimes I can get, uh, my oldest will put like some lunch meat on it. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to get them to do avocado in it because it's some extra fat and they love avocados, but I have yet to um, have them say yes to putting it in the grilled cheese. I'm going to side with your kids on that one. 
I don't like hot avocado. <laughs> I, I love think it. It's disgusting. I love it. No, I don't oh, that's like funny. I love hot it. avocado at all. Like my avocado needs to be cold. It's <laughs> something about, I don't know. It's not my thing. So I totally get that. Um, and also like my, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are from my website, but pe- there's plenty, there's, we have a wide range of eaters on this. So I want like all the ideas. Okay. It's great. Um, but I do a, some, I, we actually, we do a similar thing with the butter, with the noodles is, uh, we do, it's, uh, pasta and peas or pasta and trees and we do like the mm-hmm. noodles and then we yep. use the butter um butter and parmesan and then what I do is I actually so I take frozen peas and I put it at the bottom of the pasta strainer we cook the pasta and then pour the pasta over the peas mm-hmm. and it simultaneously like cools down the pasta but warms up the peas and then we stick it back in the pot yep. add some butter parmesan cheese and it's like our go-to probably once or twice a week to be honest so my kids are so odd in that they love frozen peas frozen. That's like not the odd. four of them could eat. Really? Actually, my kids you're right. Too. I have heard a lot of people that really like it. They my will literally it. eat a one pound bag of frozen peas in one sitting. Like I just sit there and pour it on all of their plates. They love frozen peas. My kids do too. My a hundred percent. My kids love frozen peas. And that's, that's, I mean, sometimes when we're super lazy, we literally put the pasta in the bowls. We just throw the frozen peas on top and our kids, like they love it. They think it's, they think it's great. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think with kids, it's, it's also kind of depends on, you know, depends on the kid. I think that, um, but simpler. Yep. Totally. One thing I say too, is that, um, when we're born, we're actually bored with all of our taste buds. So as we get older, our taste buds die, which is why older mm-hmm. people use a ton of salt and why you're not supposed to feed baby salt because it's too overpowering for them. So that is kind of why kids... And I think that's why... Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're going to say exactly what I was about yeah. to say. Why kids <laughs> tend to be quote unquote pickier because flavors are strong for them. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. they're strong. And so it's almost overpowering. And as they get older, they adapt to flavors, you know, like, I mean, I can remember things that I used to hate as a kid that now I kind of like, but I think it's because of the flavor yep. thing, except, except beets. I'll never like beets till the day I die. I will never like beets. Sorry. They taste like dirt. <laughs> that is never going to go away. I don't, care if I, like, I don't care if I have one taste bud left. That taste bud is going to be like, nope, I don't Nope, Not going to happen. No beats um, ever. <laughs> and you know what? And I have to say it is kind of sad because I have never introduced my kids to beats, but I figured, you know what? That's the one thing they can freaking try on their own when they're 18 and out of my house. Like I'm, I don't even care. I'm not, I'm depriving them of that. <laughs> go when you're it. 18, go get a tattoo and try some beats. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and actually I'm like, uh, I would be totally fine with either, but just don't bring them home. I don't know. It's so funny. Um, well, this has been so, this has been, honestly, I think this is going to be awesome for so many people. And one of the things I've had a lot of people say that a lot of people come back to my podcast and say, you know what, like they've been such aha moments of almost giving them permission to like, let go of things. And that's kind of my Mm -hmm. theme for my podcasts is talking about things that online people would like attack you for saying, you know, I mean, you know, that being online, like so many taboo subjects. Um, but this is one of them. It's like, who, 
gives a shit if your kid eats. Like, really, let go of it. There's yeah, who so cares many... what time of day it is? Well, that's the thing. Like, and my kids know that if they're hungry, go get a snack. Go to the kitchen, make yourself a snack. I'm not going to make snacks all day because I am not a chef and this is not a restaurant. But by all means, if you're hungry, go get yourself a snack. Like, I have no problem with that. Um, so anyway, um, this has been awesome. I love all these ideas, especially I think people are going to love the conversation one. I think that's so important. And also just knowing that it's okay if your kid doesn't eat, it's not the end of the world. It's Um, not the end of the world. They will eat if they're hungry. Totally. I appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. And you guys make sure to download, um, to go in and not download, but look at my show notes, go to the links for Melanie's Etsy shop, check out what she has. She has some great stuff. And if you have like a little, little kid, she has some awesome stuff for little kids. She's like right in the thick of it with you. So, um, it'll be super helpful. And she has stuff other than booze because that's kind of lately what I've been turning to. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so always, Tune in next time um, on episode 29. We are going to talk about another taboo subject that's going to probably piss a lot of people off that are listening to this. But we're going to chat a lot about how I don't believe that you should force your kid to eat a certain way. I think that is another um, issue when it comes to food and food relationships and setting them off. And I understand why people do it, but I think at some point, if your kids are asking to try things, I, I'm not anti, but that's a conversation for next time. Bye you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.